Welcome to Two Songs, One Couple, where a geeky metalhead husband swaps songs with his nerdy country girl wife. Grab a drink, get comfy, and join us on our musical chat. <sighs> what to talk about? Yeah, we went golfing last Sunday. Yeah, not real golfing. I don't know. <laughs> we went to the driving range. Yeah, we just uh, hit the crap out of some balls, and they didn't really go all that far, but it felt really, really good. <laughs> It was satisfying, and it's uh, way more physical than I thought. Yeah, my forearm was burning. Oh, my God. My shoulders were sore the next day just because I'm swinging a stick. That makes no <laughs> sense. And then we, we learned after the fact that you're not supposed to talk at the driving range. Yeah, what the fuck? Everyone was, like, dead silent. It's so serious. <laughs> right? They're just, like, laser-focused on, I need to hit my balls. Yeah. <laughs> We were definitely the only ones that were talking. And even our really talkative brother-in-law, he was quiet. Yeah, that's when you know it's, I guess it's an unwritten, unspoken rule that you got to um, have a stick up your ass if you're playing golf. <laughs> Not my thing, but all in all, it was fun. Yeah. You want to talk about today's uh, first song? Yeah, Okay. song i gave to you today is the banished heart by oceans of slumber it's the title track off their 2018 album they are a band from houston texas and what did you think about it i loved this song nice awesome (laughs) contrast from other songs i've given to you yeah, I love this song. And I was actually wondering what you would categorize this band as because based on this song, it was a little bit hard to tell if it was metal and if it is metal, like what genre it fell into. Prague, death, and doom. A mixture of those three genres. There is a band member that does death metal vocals, but it's not on this track. It's just ah. It just features Cammie Gilbert and her clean vocals. So if you're just looking at this song, it does have elements of doom. There's a section in the song that has blast beats. Yes. Right? It might seem out of place if you're listening to just this singular song, but it really is representative of their sound as a whole. Mm. So it makes more sense in the big picture when you listen to the album in its entirety. In the context of the song, it is a little strange and jarring. I didn't find that, actually. I think all the different elements of it worked really, really well. I find like the song definitely has transitions, and it's taking you through a journey. And from what I was able to gather from the lyrics, it sounds like a journey of grief. And then I love how they bring in these elements of metal and I guess their death 
metal drums yeah. are coming in and then those give certain parts of the song a beefiness and like like a weight that okay. the other parts of the song don't have. Okay. And so bringing in these different elements of their sound, the progressive metal, the death metal, and then this beautiful ballad over everything, it fully emotes this sense of transitioning grief in this person's life. That's kind of what I took away from it because it feels like it starts off a bit angry, a bit hopeless. And then it transitions into sad. And then it transitions back to a little bit of anger. <laughs> That's like the typical grief process, right? Is that, right. I don't know about everybody, but at least for me, like when I'm grieving, I'm mad. And then I'm sad. And then I'm mad again. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I'm sad again. And I get to a point where that sadness slowly fades away to acceptance and hope and ultimately back to happy, right? Right. And so I felt all of those different stages in this song. And I think it's because they were able to bring in those death metal elements and utilize that singer's amazing ability to emote. She has such a powerful control over her voice and use her upper register and her lower register in those right moments. Mm -hmm. to really bring the listener along in the journey. And it like blends so well. into. I, I just love this song. I can't even <laughs> put it into words very well. <laughs> I love that you love it. So let's talk about the lyrical content. You touched on it a little bit. <laughs> I love how you want to talk about lyrics. And I'm like, <laughs> no, let's talk about the feeling. No, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. My interpretation of the lyrics is it's about two lovers. One of them dies and the one that's still alive is going through the grieving process. They just feel lost. I just know it's two people. One of them's dead and one of them's grieving. And the one that's still alive is struggling really hard to, to cope with the grief. And there's also a clear transition. So it's almost like two songs, right? Yeah, I can see that. There was like a really long keyboard interlude. Yeah, and the lyrics shift too. And her like singing style mm -hmm. shifts a little bit too. That's right. And so the lyrics in the second half is the lover that was still alive kills himself in order to be reunited with their love. So sad. It is super sad. But at the same time, you can hear the hope and happiness of being reunited with the one they love. Yeah. And so it is happy in that regard, but what he or she had to sacrifice is a little bit of a bummer. So I didn't catch on to the suicide part. Okay, so in the second half of the song, there's a specific line where she sings, I died to be yours. Yeah, I, I caught on to that, but I was hoping, well... But there's no clear, yeah, there's no clear <laughs> indication that uh, the person killed themselves. You could look at it too that the person waited out their entire life to die. Yeah, and just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> or you can interpret it as they died of a broken heart, which is not uncommon. It's a story about Neil Peart where his daughter was leaving for college. I believe she died in a car accident. And when his wife heard the news, he said his wife shut down completely and died soon after. Yeah. He knew in his heart that his wife died due to a broken heart. God, that's so sad. So <laughs> bringing it back to the banished heart, it could be that this person died of a broken heart. It could be that they took their own life. I'm going to choose otherwise <laughs> because that's really sad. So how do you think the person died? I'm going to say that that musical interlude was kind of like a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> 
<laughs> in the song where that person is living their life and then they die of old age. If they live their entire life without their lover, yeah, it sounds sad. like they never found another love because after dying, they mm-hmm. were so happy to be reunited with this person that died. So right. they could have lived 30, 40 years alone. But just because you don't have your lover doesn't mean that you're alone and you're lonely. That's true. Right? That's true. They could still find uh, fulfillment in other areas. Yeah. Although it is still equally sad. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? I just don't want to glorify suicide and and make that seem like it's romantic when in reality it's really not. Right? Mm -hmm. And so in my head, I'm going to choose the other, (laughs) the other interpretation. All we really know is the person died. Yes. And then after death, he or she was reunited with their lover in the afterlife. Yeah. So let's talk about the lyrics a little bit in more detail. Cause And going back to the very beginning. Because I feel like we jumped to the, the very end. Okay. So there's some beautiful lyrics in this song. And starting in the very beginning, you get this sense that they're really angry and really sad with the lines that read, I see hope leaving. I see love fading. What I wanted it to be. What it couldn't become. And if you could find me, would you even know me? an empty room, an empty heartbeat. Like that's so, so hopeless sounding, so Mm. beautiful, and yet so damn sad. The lyrical content, the way she's singing it, and the music, all of those things are emoting the same sadness, the same hopelessness in the very beginning of the song. Yeah. One of the lines you highlighted in particular resonated with me is, if you could find me, would you even know me? And so... yeah. This person is wondering if in the afterlife, would that person even recognize me? Would that person still love me? And yeah. it's like, it's the unknown. And this person just feels so lost yeah. without their uh, their other. Sad. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's super sad. And I think it, it brings to light like a real truth that grief changes you. Life changes you. And if all of a sudden you're left to deal with that on your own without that person, Mm -hmm. the chances are that you're changing from what they knew you as are pretty high. Yeah. Right. And then that's a real question. Like now that I'm changing, now that, you know, life has kicked my butt and you weren't there to help me to like go through it with me. Am I still the person that you love? Am I still like the person that you remember? Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's say we uh, we didn't see each other for 20 years. And then we were reunited. What would that even be like? Would it be the same? Yeah, probably not. You're making me cry. (laughs) It's deep. It's getting deep. You're making me cry. (laughs) This song. I just love this song so much. Yeah, this song does give me emotions too. It makes me tear up sometimes, especially when I I really think about what's going on there. The music too. The music just uh, hits me in the right way. Yeah. You you put that all together. Yeah, it's a very effective song in making you feel (laughs) sad. (laughs) And then it doesn't just leave you sad, which is kind of nice. It moves you towards this more hopeful, Mm -hmm. um, happier place. It's kind of cathartic. I'm not just left to mope in my sadness, Mm -hmm. but the musicians are now carrying you through the sadness to this more hopeful end. And you you feel that and then at the end you're like yeah i dig this Uh and then the singer is just so effective with her choices for artistic creativity Uh Uh, she's not going through vocal orgasms all the time and she's not doing crazy runs Uh because you get the sense that she could if she wanted to yeah but she's choosing very specifically not to Mm -hmm. what was lost your heart has found 
you get the sense with the music building and her sound getting a little thicker and a little bit more from the diaphragm, she's using that power to like emote hope. And you just get the sense of like yelling, like, hallelujah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) even though she's not saying that, but she's Uh kind of like, and finally this moment has come and she's singing very softly at that part. But the music towards the end is building up to this relief full mm-hmm. moment where you just you want to yell with her you want to like belt out along with her those moments in the song and just be like yes they're together <laughs> again ah so out of five banished hearts what would you give this song a million wow <laughs> that's not how math works but okay <laughs> that's how my math works <laughs> i love this song i would give it five out of five This is one of my favorite songs now. Um, And I'm super thankful and happy that you introduced me to this song and to this band. So thank you. I just had one. This helps make a gathering. (laughs) It ain't my fault. So don't blame me. I swear I just came here to unwind and have one drink. The way it looks ain't what you think. This cabernet has a way of vanishing on me. There's a hole in the bottle Leaking all this wine It's already empty It ain't even supper time Honey, no, I don't miss it In fact, it slipped my mind There's a hole in the bottle of wine I keep my cool Play by all the rules I swear it's in minutes All right, so the song I chose for you is Hole in the Bottle from Kelsey Ballerini. I chose this song because I thought it was a little interesting what she did with these two albums. Both of these albums were released in 2020. The first one was in March-ish of 2020, Mm -hmm. and that one is called Kelsey. Mm -hmm. And then the second version of the same album, so she took the same songs and just re-recorded them in different ways for the Ballerini album that was released in, uh, I think, I guess, April-ish of 2020. September. God damn it. So my dates suck, but you get what I'm getting at. One was released earlier in the year. One was released a little bit later the same year. Correct. And she just re-released these same songs, but in different ways and re-recorded them in different ways. And so this song in particular, I really liked because one, it deals with drinking and it has a really catchy chorus. Yeah. But then two, I liked this dichotomy and I thought that it would be an interesting talking point for us. So what did you think about these two songs? Yeah, it's interesting you gave me two songs. I guess it makes up for the fact that my song was like, what, nine minutes? And your songs combined are five minutes. It's a two for one. Yeah, two for one deal. Kelsey was like a planned album, while Ballerini was a quarantine album. Yes. Yeah, so she just basically took the same song and made stripped down version or and you, you said like a country-er, country-ish, country-er version (laughs) yeah so when i was listening to these two songs one read very poppy to me Uh and one read much more country to me but do you think that that came across when you were listening to it or do you hear it differently i didn't think of it that way i just thought the regular version and the acoustic version yeah i listened to the regular version first or the pop version first i didn't really like it (laughs) it's like over it's overproduced i agree what was there like some electronic sounds in there Well, it's definitely that manufactured drum machine. Yeah. I think they also put some additional production over that to even make that sound a little weirder than what it usually does. Uh (laughs) I'm not doing a good job of describing it, but it does feel super manufactured and overproduced. 
I get what she's trying to do, and the country genre as a whole generally doesn't like to move the needle. I get that she's trying to modernize country. Feels like she's trying too hard to capitalize on the music trends that are popular today and trying to like force it into the song. That doesn't quite work for me. But the song is still pretty catchy. I like the chorus. It sticks in your head for sure. There's yeah. a hole in the bottle leaking all this wine. It ain't even supper time. Honey, no, I don't miss him. In fact, it slipped my mind. There's a hole in the bottle of wine. Like that. That's pretty pretty catchy yeah it's catchy you can sing along to it the song is memorable and then you compare this to the ballerini version which is the acoustic or stripped down or country-ish version however you want to put it it ain't my fault so don't blame me I swear I just came here to unwind and have one drink The way it looks ain't what you think This Cabernet has a way of vanishing on me There's a hole in the bottle So I'm curious, did you feel the same way about the country version? The irony here is I like the country version a lot more. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel as overproduced. It's more naked. Like it's more more her voice. Yeah. And I like the instrumentation better. They're not using like these dumb drum machine. Yes. I hate that shit. I find this to be a lot better. The country version, the stripped down version is a lot better. So wait, hold up. Can you say that one more time? The, that country version you like better? Yeah, the country version I do like better. It just boils down to how less processed, less produced it is. The instrumentation is better. And it just sounds more fun. And this one, she's just like having a good time. Yeah. If you listen to the two songs back to back, you definitely catch on to the country version where she's a little bit more free. She's playing mm -hmm. with her voice yeah. a little bit more. And in the poppy one, you're just kind of like, oh, it's just a little vacant. It doesn't have... Does it doesn't have any soul? Yeah, it doesn't. It's yeah. missing that all the way from like that stupid damn drum machine <laughs> to her like pulled back lyrics and, and melody. You're just kind of like, oh man, bummer. And I like pop and I like country pop. Like Shania Twain, did country pop amazingly and i love that and so for me like i thought it was interesting to actually like the more traditional folksy country sound over that pop sound mm -hmm. and i was curious if you would like that too because you hate country but i succeeded you like this hate, one hate is a strong word i would say it's not my thing or i dislike it a lot <laughs> a lot yeah the song i don't i don't mind how about that <laughs> I don't mind it. If it's on, it's like, okay, whatever. Probably wouldn't reach for it. Okay, so some other things. As with most country songs, if there's anything I like about country, it's the vocal harmonies. Yeah. Zach Brown Band is a good example of vocal harmonies yes. in a country, country group. Love me some Zach Brown. What I don't like about country is it doesn't really focus on the instrumentation very much. Yeah. The musical instruments are not featured at all. Well, in most. Uh, really, in most. Yeah, in most. Yeah. Like there's some country bands that will highlight the music but you are correct and it's a very lyric melody forward music genre yeah and most of the time when there's a guitar solo in a country song it's four bars 
at the most mm -hmm. very short tiny little snippet of guitar solo and it's usually not very interesting yeah um this one was eight bars oh my god it's like an epic prog it's basically a prog song now right yeah because it's an eight bar guitar solo they were fine there's nothing that blew me away about it but i didn't mind it it was good so out of five bottles of cabernet that has been aged in a bourbon barrel how many <laughs> how many of those bottles would you rate this song i think i'm gonna go three bottles Whoa. no i'm gonna go three and a half bottles <gasps> of cabernet that has been aged in bourbon barrels <laughs> I can't deny the fact that how catchy it is. The vocals are good. The instrumentation on the ballerini version, good. I'm just strictly basing my rating on the ballerini version. You want me to average the two? No, don't average. <laughs> In but, which case, well, it would your... be like two. Well, let's not average because I'm shocked and very proud that you... <laughs> And I found you a country song that you gave three and a half bottles in the ranking. But what would you rank the pop one? Pop one's up one. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. The ballerini version's a lot better. And it's a catchy tune. And it does veer on the side of pop, despite being a more country arrangement. And that's probably what appeals to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like this song. Yay! It's, it's a good one. It's fun and lighthearted. And awesome. uh, she's got a drinking problem, though, don't you think? <laughs> no. No. And I'm not judging. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to Two Songs, One Couple. We hope you enjoyed our songs this week. And as always, find us at twosongsonecouple.com. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, what have you. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Dixie Chicks, where they really highlight like the violinist and oh, and that's other. a fiddle. Oh God damn it, the fiddleist. It's the same, dude. <laughs> In country, they call it a fiddle. This is a violin. Okay, that one weird music thing that she plays on her shoulder. Yeah, that instrument. Yeah, <laughs> she has a stick that she's waving around exactly. across it, like. <laughs> <laughs>